Welcome to Empowering Chats with Susan Burrell. This is where I help strong, capable women excavate the inner garbage in their life so they can become more confident and have more clarity on who they are and how they really want to be in the world. We have rich, juicy conversations about, yeah, you guessed it, empowerment, but also about radiating your brilliance and loving yourself more than you ever have in your life. And who doesn't want that? So join me now for another empowering chat. Welcome to Empowering Chats, and we are now in the month of Merry Old May, and we are talking about reemergence this year in 2022. How do we choose to reemerge into our lives? And so the month of May, the theme is enthusiasm. So let me tell you what enthusiasm is. Absorbing or controlling the possession of the mind by any interest or pursuit. So something that's absorbing us or maybe possessing us because we're so interested in it or it's something we want to pursue with a fervor, intensity, um, ardor, devotion, emotion, joyfulness. Those are descriptors. But the other word for enthusiasm is this idea of the breath of God within each of us. God within. So the week, this month, we're going to be talking to uh, really amazing guests that have either had to bring enthusiasm into their lives again with fervor, intensity, or um, they're just so happy to be here. And they're those amazing light leaders that just keep on ticking regardless. So enthusiasm, where do you experience or express enthusiasm in your life? That's a good question. I think I'm gonna have to think about that. Anyway, enjoy the show. So (laughs) you guys, I have an amazing light in front of me, who is an author of a brand new book. And um, the title caught me. But as I've been perusing it, I kind of feel like she wrote it just for me. And everything I I did in 2021. So the book is called hold it up here. The Burn Out Antidote, A Spiritual Guide to Empowerment for Empaths, Overgivers, and Highly Sensitive People. I want to welcome Anne Brubay. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad to be here, Susan, with you. I'm so excited to talk to you about this because, (laughs) and I got chills as I read the the entire title, um, because really, really, I'm not joking. You wrote this for me. You wrote this for me and the exercises I've already earmarked several, several things inside the book um, of exercises. I know I'm going to need to go back to, to, uh, to do. Um, mm. So first of all, what called you to write this book, the burn I, out antidote? Well, it's funny because you said I wrote it for you, but I, you know, I am in the same boat. I wrote it for myself. I found myself, um, in a place where I think I had a limiting belief that when you find your spiritual path, when you're finally on your path and you're doing what you have always wanted to do and you're really connected, I had a limiting belief that you don't burn out. Oh, (laughs) I I thought, okay, well, and that's, that's spiritual bypassing when you think about it, that, um, you know, that you have unlimited energy once you find that path. 
And so what I realized is that this place that I was giving from, so I was being of service as a spiritual teacher, a spiritual coach, um, this place where the service was coming inside me wasn't a place that was sustainable. And it was based in um, beliefs around needing to please and needing to be needed. And that will burn you out if that's a part of the reason why you serve as a guide, as a healer, as a coach, as, you know, as anyone in the healthcare profession, like if that is what you're hoping is this almost like this return of, oh, I'm pleasing and I'm being needed. Therefore, I know who I am. Eventually you hit a wall. It just is right. not sustainable. And that's, that's why I wrote the book because I had to go through the process of, of digging deeper and saying, okay, I know this is my path. I know I'm meant to serve in this way. What, what is it um, that is in the way and why, who am I? Who was I before people needed me? That's, that's, that's an kind excellent of... question. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and this, and you just, I can't even tell you how many times I've hit that burnout wall overproducing workshops and guided meditations and doing more for my client than they're doing for themselves, thinking all of it is from a, a grounded place of service. And then uh, last year in April, I literally shut down. I mm-hmm. literally like shuttered my, the doors to my business and daily did a deep dive to really go deeper to see what within me was blocking my greater good. And burning me out. So, oh, good for you. I'm so glad you did that. That takes a lot of awareness to, to stop (laughs) because it's our livelihood and it's our, you know, and we, it's who we are. So yeah, good. That's amazing that you did that. Well, and one of the things I just want to speak this out loud for people that are listening, if you are a a coach or an intuitive healer, an empathic servant, um, that, it is very important to stop. And, and I was in a process of having built a bunch of momentum for my business and my team fortunately cares for me, takes really good care of me. And they watched me just completely. The light just got dimmer and dimmer. And when I said, that's it, I, I got to walk away. They supported me. It wasn't like, oh, wait, wow. but we just built all this blah, blah, blah. And now yeah. we need to do it. They, they went, it's okay. Take, take <laughs> as much time as you need. And that's why 2022, the theme of the entire year is reemergence because I literally took a step back. So the question, the questions that you pose, um, I wrote down in my journal and I'm <laughs> going to answer them and I'm going to do the work. Uh, but the questions that you pose of why are you being called into service for those of us that, that do serve, um, where did those come from, from your own deep dive? Mm-hmm. Yes. And so it was probably five years ago and I was at my desk and I was huffing and puffing and my husband comes over and he's like, are you okay? And I was like, oh, I think I need to refer this client to someone who still likes people. <laughs> And I feel embarrassed to say that that was what came out of my mouth. And he was like, oh, honey, I think you need a break. <laughs> and it was it was um, such a surprise to to realize that that was going on like inside me, because um, 
since I was a little girl. I mean, a lot of your listeners and you included could relate to that. Like we, we are, we're, we're good at listening to people. We're good at seeing through the metaphors. We're good at going deeper and we love it. And so it was a bit of a surprise. And I, I, when I took that break, I, people were still emailing me and wanting to see me. And even though I made a decision for self-love and self help. (laughs) Um, I was really surprised to still hear in my head this like, oh, well, you can help that person because you can and you're good at it. Why would you not just help that one person? And I was like, why is this? Like, why, even though I know that this is the best thing for me. And that's when I realized that I, I, I needed to be needed to know who I am. And I wanted to know, okay, who was that little girl before people started taking from her? Because a lot of empaths and highly sensitive people who are here to support the light and really help expand the light in, in, in other people and themselves are born in families that didn't really get them. <laughs> it's oh like, my God, see, you're my, it's you're almost my a cosmic joke. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a cosmic joke, but there's an intelligence in that. Right. And we can definitely look at that, but um, we don't, we don't have the frame of reference for boundaries, for healthy boundaries. So a lot of us have these porous boundaries and because we didn't want to stir the pot, we wanted to be what we could be for the people around us to keep the peace. But then that kind of, you know, brought us into vigilance and constant vigilance because when you have porous boundaries, you have to also be on your guard because you don't know what's going to come from right or left or behind. Um, And so when I asked that question, who were you? Like, who was I before I was needed? (laughs) There was no answer. And it was really sad. There was sadness. There was, I, I had no idea. So the questions came from the months that followed where I decided to just stay with her, like that little girl. She was almost like this, you know, like, mm, oh, yeah, no, <laughs> you haven't looked at me, talked to me in so long. Why do you think I would give you an answer so quickly? And so it took about four months, three to four months for for something new to change. But I stayed with her. So I asked a question every day and I stayed with the sadness instead of trying to mask the sadness or Mm. fix the sadness Mm -hmm. or distract myself from the sadness so yes the questions come from that deep dive (laughs) it sounds very similar to my my excursion in 2021 and many boxes of kleenex later and journaling books later and to to find those answers so so in in your book um the burnout antidote you talk about at the beginning you talk about toxic empathy And I had not considered that being empathic could be toxic. I just, I don't know. Maybe I just was like bypassing all that going, oh, this is who I am. Now I can explain it to myself. I'm empathic (laughs) instead of crazy. So (laughs) yeah, a little bit about toxic empathy. Yeah. And um, there's a book by, I think it's James Bloom. And he wrote a book called against empathy. And I was like, whoa, oh, I need to look into this. Because in the way that we give, it's not the giving and the service that's the problem. It's, it's where our attention is, and what is propelling that desire to serve that is the problem. And so I make the diff- the, the distinct distinction in the book between toxic empathy and embodied empathy. So the toxic empathy 
is when there's emotional contagion. So I'm here with you, and but I'm not in me. I'm in your problems. I'm in your emotions. And then my my vision, like my, um, it becomes more narrow, right? Because yeah. I'm only focused on your problems. And then this emotional contagion drains me mm-hmm. because I'm not in my power. Mm-hmm. Embodied empathy is where I am in in completely in my body, in my light, in my power. And I understand your, that you're going through and you're, what you're going through and you're suffering. I understand that, but I'm not taking on any of your emotions, but I stand in reverence for the light that you are. I stand in reverence for the more that you can be beyond the problem that you're presenting. So instead of this emotional contagion, there's understanding and reverence. And the thing is like, in order to have reverence for the light in the other person, you need to have reverence for your own light. So oh, that's, that's why one, that's the big, 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 big one. Yes. Yes. On. Reverence. For and that's the why the process. Itself. Yes. And that's why the process that you've been through and the process that I've been through is required because only when you can have even more reverence for your light, can you stand in your power in front of someone else who's, who, who is struggling with, with, without this toxic empathy. And so I thought that was, that was such a game changer for, for people um, in this, in, in our business or line of work. Um, And what happens is, you know, not only don't you burn out and people don't drain your energy, you actually are really powerful. Like your single point focus on this light exchange, as opposed to out there. Yes. And, and you're not, you're not as powerful. You're not, your impact is not as strong. So it's a win-win. Yes. Um, And it's interesting having just gone through this whole pan global pandemic thing. uh, (laughs) And so many people, uh, kind of shut down. And, and so I think a lot of people just dimmed that light, that love frequency that we all are because out of fear. Yeah. And, uh, and then others, because of their fear, were running around draining everybody around them because the mm-hmm. fear to me, fear and anger is also is what sucks us dry in many ways. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like if you're operating with a baseline of fear, mm-hmm. you only have a certain amount of, of energy. And so you try to find ways to get energy from other people. And I do talk a little bit about that in the book too, which I call predator energy. And it's not that the people are bad people or that they, you know, they, they're beautiful souls. They're doing the best they can, but it's up to us to recognize it and not be in their vicinity because uh, there's some, there are some people who their hearts have closed so much because of that fear that it's just not part of their work right now to to open up and to be really a safe person to be around. So I think that's really important for empaths and highly sensitive people is to recognize those those energies and to 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 really establish a boundary. And a lot of the time, the solution is to just not be in that person's space, right. just exit or not answer the texts, don't answer the calls, don't reply to the emails and don't, don't be in their physical space either. Especially if you're trying to heal an, another layer or a layer of your own, you know, on your own journey, 
you need safety. You don't need to be um, alarmed <laughs> or in vigilance, I guess is what I is Well, and you mentioned that at the beginning of that at, as a child, you were vigilant. And, mm-hmm. and that, I think that that, that was my experience as well. And uh, uh, at the beginning of this lockdown here, um, I had been at a huge conference and when I came home and we had to not go anywhere, my, it amplified my small child's feeling of not feeling safe. Right. And I would say yeah. to my husband, I, I don't feel safe. I don't feel safe. And part of that was also sinking in with all the other people in the world that didn't feel safe at that moment. Yeah, but, absolutely. But I think empaths grow up with, uh, having to be vigilant, like you said, because they don't feel safe. Absolutely. And it's really, there's a, there's a correlation with the attachment style as well that you, um, that corresponds to your boundaries. So, you know, if you have like an insecure attachment style style to your mother, to your father, that would definitely, um, you know, result in more rigid boundaries where, you know, you don't trust the other person. And so you close yourself up to everything as opposed to, you know, porous boundaries where you trust everyone, but you don't trust yourself. Right. Right. It seems to me I have both of those going on. <laughs> yeah, it's possible. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. And the good news though, with, with attachment is that when you are in a secure relationship with a partner for three to four years, and you actually rewire your body to know that, okay, Um, it's okay to be loved and I can love and I am safe and I belong. I belong. That's a big one too. Mm -hmm. That's a really big one. And that's usually like between two and eight years old is when we go through this. Do I belong in this family? Is, are these my people? (laughs) I'm laughing because for years as a small child, I was waiting for my mother or father to come and tell me I was adopted. <laughs> yeah. I'm serious. I was the only one in my family of origin with red hair. So, and my mother would tell people, oh, she, you know, the milkman delivered her kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Talk about. Yeah. Disarming. But yeah. yeah. So that's so funny. That's why I'm laughing. <laughs> yeah. So that would, that would create some unhealthy boundaries and, and then you become an adult and you're not quite sure how to belong really and is there a place where I do belong and how does that feel and can I can I be safe in my family of choice and I think a lot of us you know on the spiritual path found are finding our family of choice like okay (laughs) these are my people I don't have to protect myself I can show up vulnerable I can show up as I am and and it's okay. And it's okay. And I can thrive and it's okay to thrive and nobody's going to come and take it from me. No. So where, so where does that, um, you, you talk about being just that I want to say proper serving, <laughs> but, but serving embodied from, service, <laughs> right. Serving from a grounded place comes from yeah. really, uh, connecting to the core to and to me it it sounds like uh the truth of who you are really so uncovering the truth of who you actually are and connecting to that and then serving from that from the inside out so how how do we do that 
<laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I know that's probably what the entire book is about. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, the first step is to stop when you realize that you are just running on fumes is, is what we were talking about at the beginning of the conversation is just to take, to stop. And, and then the second step I talk about it in the book is, is to double down on your resolve, because as soon as you decide to do something for yourself, like this act of self-love by maybe taking time off or going on a retreat or just asking for space from your family, <laughs> um, the resistance starts to come in. So it's, you know, other people, your inner dialogue. So I talk a lot about, okay, let's get through that resistance because a lot of people stop there. They're like, oh no, you know, they need me. I'm really good at it. I should continue. I've spent so many years in school and spent a lot of money. I should continue. Um, you know, my goldfish going to die. Like, you know, it's, there's so <laughs> many, there's so many reasons um, to not love yourself that much. And so basically this process is about deepening your self-love. It's saying that your core essence matters and your needs to support that core essence and to align with that core essence and to heal the layers that are in the way of you connecting with that core essence, it's all very, very important. It's a priority. It's a priority because you're here for maximum impact. Yes. You're here for fulfillment and maximum impact. So you have to believe that as someone of service, your fulfillment matters. And a lot of people, in, you know, who are of service don't think that that's important, that they should just be there for other people. That's the old ways and it's the martyr way. And it's, you know, religion definitely didn't help with that. Uh, let's, so talk, we... <laughs> let's talk a little bit about that, Anne, because I talk yeah. about that on my show all the time, mm -hmm. that uh, you human beings there's a, this is silly. There's a song in the musical South Pacific and the song is entitled, you must be carefully taught. Mm. And it talks about being taught uh, to, it's about racism basically, right. but it, you must be carefully taught. And, uh, yeah. and, and what we are witnessing currently is indoctrinated too. Right. Indoctrinated. Right. And, and so world ancient, well, maybe not so ancient, right? 2000, 3000 yeah. years ago, that's not so ancient. When uh, patriarchal Abrahamic religions were founded, it was about indoctrination. It was about carefully teaching that the divine feminine no longer existed. Yeah. Yeah. And you mentioned in the book, you talk about that. Yeah, very much. Because what you just said to me, like the, the frame that I see it in is that that's externally referenced, right? Like mm -hmm. who is this presence outside of myself that has the power over me and control that I need to give my power away to in order to be a good person or to be saved or whatever it is and that's very patriarchal and then the feminine energy which I talk a lot quite a bit in one of the chapters because for me it was really important to realize that the ground is feminine the source is feminine the base what gives life is feminine there's there's nothing <laughs> before that she is source 
And, but we, when we put the masculine energy first or the father energy first, when we're doing all these things, taking action, saying things, making choices without the grounding in the earth that says, I love you. I'm holding you. I nurture you. You matter. I'm not going anywhere. Like that's the ideal mother voice. We have to do this for ourselves. We have to love ourselves like that. And then from that comes this beautiful, the, the masculine energy is a servant to the feminine. And it's powerful because then action and voice and choice um, are spontaneous right action. And they come from that place of core essence. And the doubt kind of just falls off, right? You don't doubt yourself anymore because it emerges from within as opposed to just in the intellect and I'm controlling and managing. So I make the difference between controlling and managing my life and inviting and allowing light to move through me. And, and, and that is for, in my experience, the controlling and managing is a default mechanism that automatically happens for me. And so turning my awareness to allowing, which also for me felt like still feels like surrendering into the divine, surrendering all of me, my thoughts, my beliefs, my actions into the divine. um, That has been taking a lot more practice because the default mechanism that's in the head automatically turns off the connection to the heart. Absolutely. Because we were taught, <laughs> speaking carefully of, taught, carefully taught that it should take precedence on emotions and being, you know, that thinking and, and doing uh, and, and rational and logical is how you keep yourself safe and it's how you keep yourself successful and productive and then you'll be the person you're meant to be. And it's and how you become, survive too. Exactly, exactly. And so then we become adults and we're like, this doesn't work well. I'm so tired. I'm sick. I am, there's no way I'm meant to feel like this. This can't be my life. <laughs> so I'm so gl- grateful that you and realize that, that there's no, that I'm not meant to be like this. Because I think a lot of people, uh, you know, and this is a masculine phrase, suck it up. Right. And, and just keep going because they think that is what life is meant to be. Life's hard and then you die, that kind of stuff. Absolutely. I have those thoughts all the time. Um, You know, I'll start to feel achy or something. I'm like, well, I'm 44. So that's just (laughs) how it is. And then I'm like, well, wait a second. Like, what, why does it have to be like that? Right. So that's definitely the default, like you said, but with this work, you can rewire your nervous system to know that you don't have to be in vigilance. And then that it, there's more space. So when those thoughts come, you don't take action on them. You go like, huh, look at you again. Huh? Interesting. Okay. Well, you can, you can come with me, but you're not going to lead my day. You're not going to be in charge today, but you can come along like, yeah you know? And so, because it's, it doesn't help to try to push those thoughts away Well, that goes back to the resistance that you mentioned earlier, Uh, you know, when you resolve to change and your resistance comes up. Yes. 
I, I'm grappling with resistance all the time. I'm just waving my hand, everybody, because <laughs> yeah. I resolve and then it shows up again. And then it's, it, it's almost like I have this uh, inner uh, mechanism that creates a mountain I have to climb in order to be better or get right. better. Or, you know, and that's just a mind. Yeah. <clears throat> that's just a silly mind thought. I was going to say a bad word, but that's just a silly, you know, it, it, that's yeah. not true. Yeah, that, um, you know, in order to be happy, it has to be hard. That's also a limiting belief. It's like, okay, that's interesting. Yeah, I can see where that comes from. And but then with the space that you have when, when you do, you know, the breathing and you do allow the movement and motion to move through your body, to let the body that is this beautiful instrument that is meant to process energy and information do its work. And then you wake up the next day and you're like, oh, there's more space in my head. There's more space in my heart. There's more space in my belly. Allowing the biological processor that is the body to to do the work. And that's what I loved because I, I relate to everything you're saying. I mean, I was in academia and my intellect was my identity. I thought I didn't really think there was anything going on below my neck. And I use my, my body as a stick to carry my head from conferences to conferences. Like I, you know, so I, 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 I get it. And then to, to really reverse that order and allow being and feeling to be the drive of my day-to-day that takes practice, but it changes everything. Yes, it does. It does. And, and the practice in, at least in my life and how I encourage my clients is, is the most, like you talked earlier, it's the priority. It is the most important thing and everything else. I had a client yesterday come in and, um, she has known for at least two years, she needs to change her job. She's so miserable and unhappy. And she started the story again about, well, maybe if I sell my house, then it's okay if I keep this job. And I I literally blasted her. I said, that's it. You're done. You're done. (laughs) Start looking for a job, however that, but I'm afraid. No, because you are miserable and your energy system is being sucked dry by that job that gives you no happiness. And she was like, okay. So the thing is, is we have, we have telltale signs and you talk about the body's intelligence is the, is the, um, the signal or the guidepost to say, uh, okay, I'm involved in something or I'm doing something that is not causing me to thrive. That is depleting me and hence burn burnout. Right. And to listen to that instead of just sucking it up and going on anyway, keeping the the job that makes you miserable and you've known it for two years. Mm. It's like, that's just like being in a toxic relationship that you just think, oh, I'll I'll stay here because he needs me or whatever that thought form. Yeah. I love that you said that because what I've noticed going through this shift with the healing that I've done and that I talk about in the book is that when I used to come and serve from a place of pleasing and being needed, safety was the number one value in the mm-hmm. work I did with clients. Yeah. And then on the other side, safety is part of it, but it's not the number one value. The number one value is, is your light, is light and, and that divine love. And so 
when you were talking about how you were talking to your client, that's one of the big things I've noticed lately is the difference in how I coach. <laughs> I'm a lot more direct <laughs> because it's like, it matters to me that you, that you step into your power more than it matters to me that, you know, that I hold your hand and we make sure everything's really safe. Exactly. Exactly. And, 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 you know, my whole thing is live an empowered life because that's the thing I had to learn how to teach myself and practice. And which is why I pay attention and take time off or go take a nap or whatever, because um, that's what I'm interested in. That's what I'm interested in serving. I'm interested in serving the highest frequency of love and light and uh, alignment, spiritual alignment. And, and when clients come to me and they want to run the story, I don't have patience anymore. It's like, <laughs> you, you know, especially somebody who's been with me a while, it's like, no, see, we're, you're not getting anywhere. So I've got to change how yeah. we talk. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. exactly. And, and the thing is that it's really important to know that the people will, you know, who need you will find you the people who want more of what you used to give will find other people. It's so important that you stay really aligned with what you're meant to, to do, because then your fulfillment is going to bring you a lot of enthusiasm. Yeah. <laughs> and with that enthusiasm and that energy, you'll be able to, to do so much more. And it might not look like what you used to do. And there might be some things you actually completely let go of that you've built like, you know, <laughs> that, you know, you've spent a lot of energy building, but change is the only thing that's consistent um, about us human beings. And we resist it so much, but it is, especially on this path, this, the acceleration is tremendous. So it's supposed to change. It's, it's not supposed to stay the same for very long at all. And that's getting, you know, worse, I want to say in some way, is that the acceleration's getting greater yeah. So it's we, have, we have to get used to the quick changes yes. and then, and then going along. And know? that's, and that's, uh, I, I certainly am experiencing that in my life and watching it with others that it is a quick change. It's a, you know, it, it because I, I, why I don't know, I can't answer it because, but, um, but the energy system that's hitting the planet is, and it's the divine feminine that's hitting the planet is uh is happening for this acceleration yes and and during the yeah. pandemic as we saw so many people <clears throat> dive into fear and then leave the planet yeah because they couldn't handle the amplification mm -hmm. and the quick change that okay yeah. good you got that lesson let's move on you, let's move on let's move on yeah exactly i remember at the beginning i was hosting these free calls every week and I was so adamant. I said, okay, let's not let, let's not let this be another trauma we have to work through. Like, let's actually flow with it and go with it. Like we can't, there's some things we can't change. So we just have to, to, to look right in the face. What is it saying? What is it saying? Why, why am I reacting like this? Like, and then just the self-examination for some became um, really intense. Yeah. And then we've seen like those who've continued, I have the, you know, reaped, I guess this, that, that's how you say it, the, uh, you know, the gifts from that commitment to soul and self. Yes. 
and which I think I fully believe and know to be true is the whole reason why we're here. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I agree because when we're not in body, we can't do this work. Mm-hmm. That's why we came because we get to expand and remember who we really are as this expanded light being, but in this body and it's never been done. It's exciting. Yeah. It's yes. exciting. Yes. It's never, it's never been done. So it's a huge um, leap, you know, in spiritual history. And um, yeah, when I'm in conversation like these ones, <laughs> I, I, re- I, I'm reminded of how lucky we are to be alive today. Yes. Um, figuring this out. Well, I would suggest that that's why so many of us oversensitive empathic light leaders incarnated mm-hmm. on the planet at this time during this, because the, the, co- the growth in consciousness has multiplied exponentially because there's so many of us here lending or supporting, serving, hopefully from the inside out, our light to support those that are still in that, um, do I stay or do I go? Do I grow or do I not kind of thought form? And we are just, just by walking the planet, you know, we are supporting and lending uh, our light in, in a conscious way, not in an, you know, in a very conscious way. Yeah. Um, Yeah, absolutely. And at the time that we're recording this, Anne, with everything that's happening on the other side of the planet, Mm -hmm. of of Earth, uh, with Russia and the Ukraine, I just want to suggest to everyone, if you are called, and hopefully you are, to just send some love and light to ev- all everyone that's in that involved in that conflict, sending love and light, because that will make a bigger difference than anything else. Mm-hmm. So uh, I just had to say that. So absolutely. So and um, I just want you to share with me one way that <clears throat> people who are oversensitive and empathic can build strong boundaries Mm -hmm. uh, and not keep them porous. There's so many other things I wanted to talk to you about too, but (laughs) I feel like uh, that has more meaning right now. Yes. Well, you know, one of the big things is that, um, you know, we don't trust ourselves when we know a situation is not healthy for us. And so I, I like to remind, you know, empaths and light workers that, they they've always known they've always known but they don't believe it they don't believe their bodies their your body will tell you so there was a person a few years ago every time I would receive a text my body would go into a uh, you know a tightened response and then you know that's survival. Like I'm surviving this relationship. I'm not thriving in this relationship, but I didn't realize it because I had such a strong belief around this person needs to be in my life. It has to be in my life. I don't have a choice. And then it's like, when I realized, Oh, wait a second, I have a choice. I can, I can block this person. I can say for the next three months, I'm not taking any texts. I'm not taking any calls. And then 
realizing after a few weeks, like, oh, wow, like not receiving the text from that person, my body softened. And then I would spontaneously cry, driving the car, listening to a music, like a song. It was like my body was saying, this is how it feels to not have to protect yourself all the time. And then I had access to a deeper dimension of myself because of it. Mm -hmm. And so what it took and what I, you know, I can tell your listeners is that um, start to believe yourself and trust yourself more when your body has that jolt or you can feel your energy go, your awareness go up into your head. And now you're negotiating with yourself. You're in this negotiating back and forth. You're like, Mm -hmm. I know, but really it's not. I that's, you know, for sure that you're, you're, you're responding to um, a need for a boundary and a really big one. Yeah, a really big one. And then be like, well, they need me. No, again, that's negotiation. Your your body knows your head negotiates. So listen to your body. And even if it means the person will be disappointed, the person won't understand you don't owe them any explanation for anything you do, including your parents, including your children, like (laughs) you, 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 you're the quality of your relationship with a person you really love depends on you being able to put healthy boundaries. These rules and limits in the relationship are really important. And the person in the end will actually thank you because they will get the best of you once your cup is full. Yes. I uh, thank you so much for explaining that. And again, it's as if you wrote your book just for me, because <laughs> these are all the things I've had to teach myself and learn. And I'm so grateful that you have it all in one place for us. Mm-hmm. Thank you so oh. much, Anne. And thank oh you. Oh my so, gosh. Thank you so much for, um, for your willingness to commit to knowing yourself and loving yourself more, and then being that ongoing light in the world. Thank you so much. It's oh. it, it, it is, it has huge meaning for those of those others of us that are doing this work too. So thank you. Right. Well, thank you for saying that. That means a lot. And right back at you, Susan, you're doing the work too. So really appreciate what you're, that you're holding these conversations, which are super important right now. Thank you. So, so the book is called the burn out antidote. Yes. The burnout antidote, a spiritual guide to empowerment for empaths, overgivers, and highly sensitive people. Now, uh, where can they get the book and, and, and give everybody your, your website so that people can investigate more of what you do. Okay, perfect. So, um, you can get the book anywhere, (laughs) um, like Amazon, Amazon amazon.com, amazon.ca. Um, and you can get it at Barnes and Noble and all, all the bookstores really, it will be on April 8th, it'll be everywhere, which um, might be in the past when when this airs. Um, And, but you can also find a direct link on my website and my website is anneberube.com. And on my website, there's a, there's a free self-assessment quiz because, you know, in this, with this lens, burnout is a direct, has a direct link with um, how you love yourself. In your relationship to love. So there's a, a quiz called 
the burnout blind spot and it will give you a self-love love roadmap. So with all these different things you can do depending on the results of the quiz. So oh, I'm going to go online and take that. <laughs> yeah, there's lots of good stuff on, on my website like that. So um, and I, you know, you can find me on social media as well. Okay. And, and we're going to have all that information in the show notes too, everybody. So again, awesome. thank you so much, Anne, for joining me today. And um, it's been, it's been a, a really lovely, wonderful, enlightening conversation. So thank you. And I'm just going to end with, and so it is, namaste. Well, that wraps up our empowering chat today. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, go to susanburrell.com. You can see all of the information about my new book, Live an Empowered Life, a 30-Day Journey. You can also access guided meditations that I have on Insight Timer through the website. And just see what else is out there on my site that you might find empowering and exciting to experience. You can also contact me through the website at susan at susanmorell.com. So that's it for today. See you next time. <laughs>